Hello, everybody in Black College Nines. Uh, this is Michael Coker, again, coming from uh, our culture series, our podcast, which always covers our baseball coaches and many things they do for their programs, their recruiting, the players on the field, the academics, and everything that is to run a program, especially at, at the HBCU level. Uh, this past season, we had a little um, a major hiccup. I was going to say a little bit it was a major hiccup. We had a virus that swept across the world and the country, and it had a drastic effect on collegiate baseball as it shut down collegiate baseball right in the middle of uh, probably was going to be one of the most exciting HBCU baseball seasons in a long time. But it, it, we haven't had play on the field since March of 2020, so we're looking forward to getting back with baseball during the 2021 season. But uh, we had a shocker that just kind of took everybody by surprise. Southern University head baseball coach Garrett Jackson resigned from his Southern University, the Jaguars, and he accepted a new position with the Major League Baseball as a president of the uh, MLB Draft League. Now, if you recall, when Jackson first came to um, Southern University, he was hired on July 25th of 2017. He replaced the legendary Southern baseball coach, Roger Cater. And he took over a program that was considered at the time one of the best HBCU baseball programs in collegiate baseball. Uh, Southern has a track record of uh, winning. Southern has a track record of uh, putting not just good players on the field, but they tend to shine uh, at the national level. I, when I say that, because Southern has upset the most nationally ranked teams for that HBCU baseball has scheduled over a 25-30 year period. It's probably longer, but my records indicate that, that as such. Uh, when Jackson was hired, he took over a program that had a, that was under NCAA sanctions, and they wanted to get back to national prominence. That's one of the reasons why they brought in Terry Jackson. Um, and he had no ties to Southern. He uh, came from Missouri, and he was came from a, a SEC program, came highly touted. That's what led Carrick Jackson into Southern. Now, when he was hired, uh, we 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 did a podcast with him, and in 2019, things really took off for the program. The program uh, under Carrick Jackson, they came off of a. In 2018, they had they only won nine games, and then the following season, he turned it around, and they became HBCU baseball's national champions. But at the same time, they went to the NTA regionals, and they almost upset the number six ranked team in the nation, Mississippi State. And that was one heck of a game until Mississippi State pulled it out. But and we fast forward to. What happened on November 30th, like I said, it was a shocker. On November 30th, no one saw this coming that uh, Coach Jackson has resigned. 
And we have Coach Jackson here today. So, uh, Coach Jackson, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I want to get this. I want to start off this podcast with um, before we get into the meat of of uh, your new position. Uh, how is the baseball program at Southern? You know what? I, I think the baseball program is in a good place uh, this year. We probably have the most talent uh, that we've had in the three and a half years uh, that I've been here. Um, it's definitely a situation where. Um, you know, with the success that we had in that 2019 season, I think with some of the um, energy and excitement that was put around with what it is that we're doing, the direction that we're going, it definitely manifests itself in our recruiting classes. Uh, and so, again, I think we, we came here, we did what we set out to do was get this thing built for success, and it's built for success and um, can be sustained for a long time to come. Well, you you changed the dynamics of Southern baseball. Um, I remember a few of our conversations, and not just you know for uh, student athlete wise, but you changed you, you changed the entire dynamics of how the program was going to be played. You, you did things that you know, normal coaches don't normally do. I mean, as an example, um, as you prepared for ball games. You went through bunting procedures, uh, and that was a daily thing. And how has your changing and bringing over to everything from the SEC to the SWAC, how has that uh, helped the program out? Well, you know, I think the thing that we would tell our kids all the time is I think our kids' ability level was just as good as anybody in the country. Um, and obviously, you're going to have some significant differences. We don't, we didn't have any guys that were 94 to 97 miles an hour with an 83 mile an hour slider. But we had athletic kids that had strength, that had um, uh, extreme athleticism and speed, uh, pitchers that could throw strikes and command it and compete. Uh, and so, what we did was we, we went about putting in a, a development program in place that was going to improve and enhance their skill level, right? Because everybody comes in with a certain level of ability. Uh, and now the difference between uh, the good ones and the great ones is what is their skill level? What is their understanding of the game? And so we kind of wanted to put a program in place that allowed our kids' skill level to increase from year to year uh, and basically then putting them in a position now you take their ability and we increase their skill level and increase their baseball IQ, now we put ourselves in a position where I thought we could go out and play and be competitive with anybody in the country. And, and that uh, you, you did because that year you won more than 30 ball games. Uh, you shocked a lot of people. You also shocked LSU. Who you know? Let's let's be honest with ourselves here. Uh, they carry an eight to nine million dollar budget for their baseball program. Southern comes along, knocks them off, and then national prominence. You almost knocked off the the, the number six ranked team in the regional. And has that become the norm under your coaching style? Well, I think what it did was it created uh, it. We changed the narrative. And we put our kids in a position where the expectation is to win those games. You know, when we went out um, that year and we beat LSU, uh, our kids were really excited and 
uh, and I didn't want to temper that excitement, but I also had to remind them, listen, this is not our goal. We didn't come into the season saying that our goal is to beat LSU. Be excited about it, but go about it as if. Act as if this was expected to happen, that we came into this game, and what I told them at the beginning of that game was, listen, throw strikes, play good defense, have quality at bats, and let's see where we end up at the end. And if we can play clean baseball, I think we can beat anybody. So what we started to do was our kids started to believe that when they stepped on the field, their chances to go out and win that game were just as good as anybody else's. And the belief system is the first part of everything to get it going. Well, the good thing about it was that year, uh, you went from nine wins in 2018 to 32 in 2019, which led to, you, you, like I said, you defeated the nation's uh, top-ranked LSU Tigers, and that was considered the biggest turnaround in NCAA Division One collegiate baseball history. But what, it, what, what, what has happened since then, and it was the shocker to me because I was trying to um, put something together with you, and we... What led to the resignation? What led to the new position? I'm asking this for a reason. Because I see this can, can, can really benefit HBCU baseball. Not because you came from uh, an HBCU program, but uh, and I'm, I'm going to put this out there. H Major League Baseball has a good drafting system. I just don't think they, they get enough kids out of HBCUs. And I, I see this could be a plus. So my question to you, uh, Coach Jackson, is what led to this change? Uh, you know, I think it was a process of they knew they wanted to start the league and, and reached out to me uh, to gauge my interest. Um, and initially... Um, when, when we had the conversation, I told them thank you, but no thank you. Uh, that, that I was at a, a point in my career where I didn't need status, I needed purpose. Um, and so the idea of the job and what it entailed was a great, it's a great job. It's a, you know, there comes, a lot comes with it, a lot of responsibility and, and all those kind of things, but, um, but it just wasn't where I wanted to be. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I've never been a guy that, I'm looking to the next spot. I want the spot where I am to be the best spot in the country. And then as a result of that, opportunities will manifest themselves. Um, and so they came back to me. We had some more discussions. They asked me what that purpose looked like. Um, I told them what that purpose looked like. I wanted to create more opportunities for minority coaches. I wanted to create um, more opportunities for our black kids to play this game. Um, and so the, the part of the job that, that is not publicized is um, – in conjunction with PBR, um, they agreed to create a foundation for me um, and allow me to run the foundation how I'd like to run it and with those two initiatives in mind. And so when they came back with that um, and put that as together as part of the package um, and having some discussion with my wife and those types of things and, um, you know, at the end of the day, we always want to go where we're valued and we want it and we're wanted. Um, and they showed that I was valued and, and wanted with them as they continued to pursue me and did some other things that uh, made it tough for me uh, to say no. Well, does this replace, because they, 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 they did away with the Major League Scouting Bureau. Is this better than the old system that they had where the Major League Scouting Bureau 
was now I, I, I might say something similar. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it replaces. I think it is a a different angle and different piece for it. Um, specifically, since you know we've cut the draft down, um, you know this year they're talking about uh, at least twenty rounds, may go a little bit more. Uh, but when you cut it down from forty, uh, when you cut down your teams, you know you've got rid of two teams per organization and an average of twenty-five to thirty players per uh, roster in that. That's sixty players per team. Um, that's uh, eighteen hundred guys uh, that that aren't in the system anymore. Um, so I think what they're they're really making a shift to finding big leaguers, um, and I think when you had forty rounds, fifty rounds of the draft, you were just drafting guys and throwing them out there and hoping something worked out. Now we're really honing that focus down and making sure that we're drafting kids that legitimately have a chance to be big leaguers. You know, I I, I accept this because you and I had a conversation over Tyler Laporte, a former player for Southern, who was our uh, in 2019, he was our, uh, our Black College Nine um, HBCU Baseball Player of the Year. And, you know, we had high hopes that he would get drafted for the, the season that he had, the prior season he had. And I, when he, I didn't see his name on the draft board, I didn't see him get drafted. I called you and said, this, this is horrible. And you broke it down to me and said that you didn't think he was, he was good enough, but he didn't think he was... Uh, draft eligible, but you said to me that he had he could throw ninety. Uh, he may make it as a pitcher, as a uh, you know, if he got under some independent league. But you said you know he had an arm from third base, and it showed in that Mississippi State game because he he raised the eyes of their dugout uh, when he threw one across the diamond, and you know the guy thought he was safe and realized that he was out, but he didn't expect to throw like that. But when I had that conversation with you, you you shocked me when you said you didn't think that he was that type of player that he could advance. Do you remember that conversation? Oh, definitely, because uh, I had the same conversation with him. Um, and, and as frustrated as he was and, you know, thought I was wrong, I mean, the, the reality of it is, is, um, you can be a good college player, and you can put up really good numbers in college, but that doesn't mean that you're a pro guy. Um, and, and people, you know, there, there's there's 750 of those guys for a reason um, that are playing at the big league level uh, because they're the best of the best. And it's not necessarily, again, specifically and solely a talent issue. Being able to make it to the big leagues, you have to have the ability but you also have to have the mental fortitude to be able to go with the rises and the falls of the game, and that's not for everybody. Um, so the guys that you see playing on TV, and I tell our players this all the time, the guys that you see playing on TV are not the most talented guys that have ever played this game. They're the guys that could be go out and be the most consistent with the ability that they have that will allow them to make it and play at that level. And that's the type of player you're going to be looking for in your new position. Definitely. Do you see anybody from the HBCU ranks? Because I have a few names I could throw at you, like uh, uh, the, the kid Cole from uh, Prairie View. There, there's definitely kids that I believe that um, that I will make sure that we that these kids get an opportunity um, to, to put themselves in that position and have a chance to go on and play. And, again, um, you know, 
it's going to be guys that based on evaluations that I feel have a legitimate shot. Because the one thing that everybody has to understand is just seeing guys in our in our sphere, uh, specifically here at HBCUs, there you take David Williams, who you know, 2019 he was our only draft guy. He hit in the nine hole. Um, pro scouts killed me because how you want me to draft a guy that hit in the nine hole, but he had the tools. And so you have to put it in perspective that it's not just what's going on where we're at, it's what's going on of all the draft eligible players. And now, since they truncated this thing down, you're talking about these kids being having a chance to be one of 600. Of all the kids that are eligible for the draft, one of 600. If you just take Division One alone, and there's 300 Division One schools, and you, let's just say on average that at each of the Division One schools, there's 10 players that are eligible for the draft. Regardless of whether or not they have the ability, they're just eligible for the draft. Just in Division One, that's 3,000 players. So we're talking about, and then you factor in Division One, junior college, high school, Division Two, um, NAIA, Division Three. And so now that number goes up tremendously of guys that are eligible. So, and you're talking about being one of 600. And so it's, it's, we're, we're going to give, I will be making that a point of emphasis to make sure that we give kids that are coming from HBCUs that have that ability a chance to come up and play and showcase themselves, um, as well as putting coaches in positions to be on these coaching staff. And I see they picked the right person because you, you're going to be fair about it. You're not going to use it just to elevate HBCU. You're going to go about taking that position as to where you're going to look at the best player, period, not the best player that comes from the NCAA Division One, Because we know that the NCAA Division One baseball is a minor league system. Yes. And, Definitely. And I, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I, once I found out that you had resigned, in the position you took, I, I thought to myself that uh, this would be a, a good, not just for HBCU baseball, but for collegiate baseball, period. But at the same time, Coach, i got to be honest with you. I think that it's probably going to be a time when you're going to want to jump back into coaching one of these programs again. And I'm hoping it's back at Southern. You know, it, it's uh, at, at the end of the day, I'm a coach at heart, um, and and I've always been that way. I enjoy that that time spending with the players, um, developing those relationships, seeing these young men grow, um, and and you know become the young men and grown men that we know that they can be. Um, so that that place will always be there for me. Um, and this is a situation where, like I said, um, at the end of the day, they made it too hard for me to say no. Um, and, and like I said, you, you gotta you gotta put yourself in a position. Uh, you know, uh, for me, what is in the best interest of my family? Um, what you know, with the with the things that we've done here, the time that we spent, and um, being able to, you know, one of the things that this allows us to do is move back to St. Louis, uh, where we're, where my wife and I are both from, um, and, and again, just have that support uh, from an institution um, that's going to allow me to go out and do some pretty powerful things. Well, I also think it's because you're a young man that played had a big factor in it. For sure, I don't know how young I am, but yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you're pretty young, Coach. Um, but you, to, to wind this down, your replacement, Chris Crenshaw, is he going to be the permanent head coach, or is it going to be a national search? I guess uh, I'm jumping the gun here. If, if I have anything to do with it, he'll be the permanent. Um, I, I don't think you could ask uh, or find a better person. Um, you know, he has ties uh, as he played here. Uh, his father and his uncle played here. Um, he understands this league. Uh, arguably, he was the best recruiter in our league um, uh, because he understood it. That was, that was the main reason why I brought him over. Um, you know, I think that uh, as a young coach, there's things that he's going to have to learn. He's going to make mistakes, but I made mistakes as, as a first-time head coach. Um, but he has a passion uh, and a desire uh, to be competitive and to win. Um, and he knows, again, he knows the landscape of the league. And so I think getting him the right assistant coaches um, can put him in a position where the things that we talked about getting accomplished here, he can continue uh, down that road and make those things happen. Well, Coach... It's always a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, it was a shocker when you turned in your resignation as a Southern Head baseball coach to accept the position with the Major League Baseball. But I know it's a new endeavor for you. I know it's a path down to righteousness, and I also know it's a path to uh, bettering baseball because baseball needed that change. Uh, I, and you touched on something earlier where you said, you know, b baseball was just drafting players just to draft them. I think that now we're getting the cream of the crop, which means that we're going to be getting the cream of the crop from HBCU baseball. And and I think that's going to be an, a big plus for you, and I think it's going to be a big plus for HBCU baseball. Coach, it has always been a pleasure. I remember when you first were hired. Uh, we jumped on it and gave you your first interview, and you said to me, you were the first one to reach out to me, and this is not going to be the last time. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Well, Coach, God bless you and God keep you. And, you know, we're, maybe we'll run into each other. Um, we're looking at uh, holding some uh, HBCU Baseball National Championships, and one of them, is, it could be in your area in St. Louis. Uh, Harrison Stowe State has been pushing for it, so it's in the works. So maybe one of these days we may have to uh, hook up with you and say, hey, here's the tournament and here's some players to look at. For sure. No, I'm, I'm always around. Anything I can do to help you guys and, and further this mission, I'm all about it. Coach Kerr Jackson, God bless you and God keep you. Thank you. Same to you. All righty.